Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast. This is Gris Alves, your host of Tales of Recovery. And today I'm going to be sharing with you some information on grief and addiction. The whole, this is a series on addiction and recovery and all of these new sort of, I guess, discoveries or downloads or information that I've been coming upon that have really begun been giving have been giving a lot of new depth and understanding to um, why we why we have given such a negative definition to addiction when really addiction is just you know an appropriate response to pain or suppressed emotions or just something that has been so overwhelmingly difficult for 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 a person that they just can't handle it. And in a culture of hustle it up and, you know, get your will, uh, willpower ready. Just suck it up, man. Just, just quit already. In a culture that criminalizes mental health and a culture that shames is a shame-based, you know, and fear-based society, it's very difficult for a person or for a human to be I guess it's the same thing, a person or human, but it's it's difficult to not come out of addiction thinking that you're a piece of shit or that you messed up or that you just couldn't, you know, handle things and like, you know, my cousin wasn't an addict, but I was, or so and so didn't get out drunk all the time, but I did. And I think uh we've mistaken a lot of what hardcore addiction is. I have I mean, I'm a recovery coach, right? I've been in recovery for the past 27 years, learning every single available modality that I can come upon to help me um, heal, to help me be free. Because really, what what does healing even mean? It means you want to have freedom to do whatever you want in full strength and awareness. And from that energy, give to others. We're really nothing if we're not giving to others. That's just a loss, to be honest. If you if you don't have a deep um, knowing that in order to live a wholesome, better life, you're here really to, to help others, then it's all, it just doesn't really work. Uh, it's part, you know, and I think that might be part of what, what taps us into this addiction stuff. So um, growing up and not just me growing up. I think all of us growing up, we've had like this, this and them, I mean, us and them mentality. Like those guys over there, those are the weird homeless addicts people. And over here, it's us, the people that are like better and and, and not, not, you know, part of those junkies or whatever the extremes might, we might call it the extremes, right? But everybody knows that 80% 80% of the population is struggling with depression, anxiety. Everyone's popping pills to go to sleep, pills for the pain, pills for this or that. And, and it's a, uh, we want this like one way stop, get me out of this pain immediately solution. And this mentality is because, well, we have to, we have to hustle. We have to get out of this. If I don't fix this pain or this immediate issue that I'm struggling with, then it's just too hard and I don't want to do the work. I don't want to go to therapy. I don't want to go to yoga. I don't want to dig into my ancestral past trauma. I don't want to do any of that. I'm just going to pretend 
that things are great and I'm going to take a pill and keep on trucking and keep on trucking and keep on trucking. Go to work, take the kids to the baseball games, you know, to the, to the polo games, sign up for this event, go to this party, go to this concert, and just keep on distracting, distracting, distracting. And, it, you know, it works for a while, but the body keeps the score. And I just read this really interesting uh, thing somebody posted, which was, oh, something about the tears. Oh, gosh, I'll find it while I'm, I'll find it while I'm doing this. But just that the tears that are not shed affect the liver, you know, and affect our bodies. And I thought, you know, that's kind of true. There's so many here. I'm going to find it really quickly. You sent it to the Tales of Recovery podcast, which if you'd like to follow, that would be great. Follow, share, rate, you know, um, send messages. Okay, here's what, here's what it says. It says, the organs weep the tears that the eyes refuse to shed. The organs weep the tears the eyes refuse to shed. And it's really interesting how, you know, I've had like, autoimmune issues and kidneys and liver issues and all these issues. And the more and more I go holistic and feel, okay, I'm not going to eat this. I'm not going to eat that. But even those hacks sometimes don't work. But as I'm learning to like release or process the grief and release these depressed emotions and get rid of that anger from so much shit that happened that I couldn't say no when I was a younger person, but now I can't all of a sudden like the blood work is regulated and everything's fine and I don't have anything wrong with my liver or my kidneys anymore. And I'm talking, you know, like years and years of work, the body knows and I'm not done. There's a lot of other things that I, that I need to, to go through, but, but it does work to dig in and to stop being distracted and to stop being, you know, in this position of, well, I'm not that junkie over there. That's really struggling under the bridge. I'm over here still, you know, having my cocktails every night, popping the pills and the Advil for when things hurt or, you know, the sleeping pills or the, you know, whatever I need to focus on ADHD and all these other pharmaceutical drugs that um, only, like you say in Mexico, le tapan el ojo al macho. They cover up, they cover up a symptom that is way, that is like not even the real issue. And I think one of the biggest issues is grief and these things that we aren't able to process that we lost or that we've, that we weren't able to even, even acknowledge that we lost, you know, that we didn't have a specific family life or these relationships or a place in whatever that group or that, or that um, sports um, equipo, how do you say equipo, sports team, um, society, places, whatever, whatever. What I'm saying is we have so many things that we've lost. So much impermanence, so much change. And in the culture that tells you, oh, no, um, everything's okay, just keep on trucking, these things start to add up, they start to add up, they start to add up, they start to add up. And so years, maybe 10, 20, 30 years go by, I just had a beautiful interview with a doctor, um, Gabriel Bertona from Guanabaca, and he was like, yeah, I asked my patients, why do you think you have high cholesterol or, or, or high blood pressure or anything, you know, that's not related to just what you're eating, but related to your emotions being bottled up? 
and this grief that hasn't been able to come through because the, the, the society tells you not to express any of that or you're crazy, you know, you're a crazy angry lady, you're depressed, they're going to medicate you and you're just not functioning, you're just not functioning. So this talk, this, this podcast is to allow us to remember that, number one, we can question, is that true? I mean, is that really, really true? Am I supposed to always have my shit together and never grieve and never cry and never lose composure? Because um, that's like part of this like, you know, wound up English oppressive Victorian situation that has trickled down through the years into other cultures and then down over here to the West. And any earth-based tradition will never, would never do that. And in many ways, those guys are way ahead of our health, of their health, of their spiritual, emotional, physical health than over here in the city life, you know, in the society where everybody else is like rushing around trying to drive a Mercedes and be successful and do all these amazing things, which there's nothing wrong with that. But that's a supplement that could be just something added to you being responsible for your own life. If we don't become responsible of our pain of our emotions, of our bodies, then we're dishing out this grief onto others, especially our children, our partners, our neighbors, our family members, our people at work, because you're always blaming someone else. It's always someone else. It's always that us and them. Those guys are the idiots. I'm over here like, uh, you know, I know what's going on. And when, as, as long as we don't take responsibility for that, even responsibility for not knowing, like, oh, I didn't know that the reason I really wanted to drink a lot when I was young is because I had so much pain. In my mind, I just thought, well, there's alcoholics in the family. My mom said I was going to be an alcoholic if I didn't watch what I drank. So I figured, well, I guess I'm an alcoholic too. I mean, that's just how I made sense of it. And it's so dumb. It's so superficial. It's so, uh, well, it's not, that, it's not that it's dumb. What I want to say is that it's... Um, it's, it's misinformation. It's misinformation. And the more and more we learn, the more and more we can actually have the courage to say, okay, I am going to turn around and look at myself and understand that as I take responsibility of myself and my pain, I'm not dishing it out. And I'm also not in this separate group of, oh, those guys over there suck and I'm over here, you know, having my cocktails every night, popping my um, ribotril, ativan, sleeping pills, Xanax, whatever you want to call it, to be able to deal. These things will eventually come out. And if they don't, I don't know how it's going to be on the deathbed because, you know, I really think we do have to prepare to die, which means we live. We live today. We live to the fullest. We understand what needs needs to change. We understand to live in gratitude and we do the work that needs to get done, which is looking at myself processing grief, right? Getting really, really angry. You know what I I heard today about, uh, I'm in this other training for addiction and yoga and recovery through that psychoneurological, physiological recovery process, which is amazing. And one of the things they're talking about is how the mothers in the Latin American cultures, you know, in Mexico and Italy, a lot of the Jewish mothers too, they're so codependent with the children and so overbearing. 
and want to control. So, and it's just so sickening, this, this um, control, right? very controlling the Mexican mothers, the Italian mothers, the Jewish mothers, just so, and I, and I related, I thought, no wonder. And you're so controlling. There's this codependence. You just don't allow, especially men, especially if you have boys, to, to be independent and to grow. There's this horrible codependency, which causes even to the depths of it is like a lot of this um, feminicidios, you know, like all the murders that are happening in Mexico because there's such unresolved anger because the mothers are so fucking controlling and um, there's so much hate, you know, there's like this, there's always this loyalty to your parents, even if they're horrible to you, you still kind of have like this loyalty because we want to love them and you're assuming, well, this is my parent. And, you know, until you get past that um, and understand that it's just, you know, sometimes it's just not how it's going to be. There's there's a lot of work to be done in knowing that these codependencies, these controlling issues are not helpful. And these are one of the biggest causes also of addiction because the pain is so, so intense. A lot of the kids with controlling mothers end up, you know, in addiction. Because how do you make sense of this loyalty of wanting to love this person so much, but at the same time, they're so freaking annoying because they just don't stop telling you what to do, um, always up in your business, um, never trusting that you're this grown person. I mean, you know, that you can actually do things, even when you're 10, 11, 12, especially when you're a teenager. I have so many teenagers coming through here that the parents bring to talk about recovery and I just see, like, it's great. Thank you. Bring bring all your kids. I love them, but, but come with them. Come with them. The parents need to do the work. Us as parents need to do the work and understand that we participate in the issues of our children because they're in your house, they're vibing your energy, and they're actually breathing in your anxiety or your peace. And the more you heal as a parent, the more the kids begin to also heal. They just have a different space to be in. And they're not constantly worried or, or, or scared about what is mom and dad going to think or, you know, my parents going to freak out. Um, so anyway, that's, that's it for today. I just have, we have a grief workshop that's coming up here in, I think, two weeks, August 5th. August 5th at South Park Yoga in San Diego. So if you're in San Diego, actually, there's a couple of people that have reached out about having it on Zoom. So if you're interested in joining from wherever you're at listening and you want to join on a Zoom, let me know because I think we can make that happen. And this is a grief workshop where we're going to talk about how culturally we have been robbed of being able to express emotions. We've kept so many emotions down that... You know, it's not just your parents, but their parents and their great-grandparents and theirs and theirs and theirs and so on and so forth that have caused all of this struggle, all of this dis-ease. And um, at this grief workshop, we'll, you'll get so much information, so much context, but also we'll do a practice of figuring out little by little how to allow these sensations to come through your body. And there'll be lots of resources on books and somatic therapies that you can look into and we've got to do whatever it takes, right? We have to do whatever it takes to be better, not just for us, but for everyone around us. 
And I think that way, when we're on the deathbed, um, it might be easier to do that last breath and let go. <laughs> Instead of fighting and negating and rejecting that everything is constantly changing and that there's always impermanence and that there's no us and them, we're all one. And so you can register on my webpage, www.felisalves.com events. You can message me for any other information that you like. And that's it. That's it for today. Share, um, subscribe. I have a couple of announcements coming up in the Spanish um, podcast as well. We're partnering up with Aqua V Water, which is amazing alkaline water that has completely changed my life. So I'll talk about that a little bit more next time. We're going to be partnering up here with Tales of Recovery as our first sponsors. Yay! And I'm very excited about that. This is really a beautiful outlet, just not for me, but I think for uh, for my guests, for guests that come on here. And also, I mean, most of the feedback that I get is, I really wanted to say that, but I just didn't think I could say it. So this is it. Tales of Recovery. Speaking out loud what you thought you couldn't say. Um, because you can say it. In love and in consciousness, and sometimes in anger, whatever, as long as we're aware and doing the work. So take care, everybody. We will, I'll see you next time.